Good afternoon. Well, as the world continues, so does coronavirus. <laughs> Have you heard that voice in the back of your mind popping up from time to time saying, when is this going to end? Has the fear settled in yet for your family and your, your kids? Looking at all these businesses closing down, restaurants shutting down, mandates of masks, riots. Do you remember what the, the normal used to feel like? Think about that for a moment. Life has its ups and downs, right? Through our entire lives, it has its ups and downs. But this... This is completely different. So I wanted to share with you today... Something that I felt that... Went along with the Wheats and Terrors. Because I believe the church was the key... To... Um, keeping the peace that we had because if you take the African American family the Caucasian family the Hispanic family 60 years ago although there was a lot of bad things happening they all met at the table they ate together they prayed together they worshipped together they sung together they had a good time together they loved each other they worked hard there was a pride which was probably not a good pride but there was there was family when we hear about individuals wanting to get rid of the nuclear family there's not much of a nuclear family remaining now how do we ever get back to that what, what can we do to hit the rewind button Allowing all these things to come into our, our society and our world and our schools and our, and our churches and, and our homes. The Bible says that when they call evil good and good evil, we're there. We are absolutely there. The generation of the young folks that don't believe, we are there. lawlessness abounding in the world we are there so many times there's been pictures or stories of the same or similar to what we're going through in the Bible and many times the promise of God was to restore Israel which was a picture of the church we want to try to fix the schools and we want to try to fix the Democrats because they believe in late term abortions up to nine months they want to eliminate churches. They want to um, eliminate homeschooling. There's so many things that they want to tax. Some of them want to tax us up to 70% of our income. I will tell you that the secret, there's no secret. What I truly believe in order to restore what we once had is to pray and to repent and to turn back to the Lord. Unfortunately, our pride might keep us on a path of destruction. Are you willing to set your pride aside?
and to ask the Lord to take over? Are you willing to set aside some time to be able to spend with the Lord, reading his Bible and praying and asking for uh, him to restore the righteousness within the, the towns and the communities, within the state, the city, the country, and the world? To remove wicked rulers and to replace them with righteous ones? Do you not even believe that prayer is even powerful anymore? That speaking to God directly, that at any point in time He can intervene, do you not believe in that anymore? If you're a non-believer, then I can't help you. But if you're a believer, reading, fasting, and prayer is our weapon in order to actually defeat what is happening right now. We have 24 hours in a day. I thought about how much time we waste as a believer, not spending more time with the Lord. We have all the time in the world for social media, TV, watching games, eating out, vacations, swimming. Why don't we have more time to spend with the Lord besides a few minutes in the morning and a few minutes at night? Heck, some of us spend even less time than that. Is that okay? I'm not asking you. Of course it's not okay. It's terrible. I had to ask myself, can't you find more time to pray and ask our Father in Heaven for protection and direction? The guidance that we need to be the true Christians that we ought to be? Of course I can. How about you? If not for you, how about for your kids? You know, nowadays everybody, you know, you have MMA and you have, you know, we glorify football and all these things. I've played sports, I've coached them. But it's got to the point where we idolize all these folks, even our own children at times. We all talk a good game, but when the pressure's really on, can you handle the heat? As a true believer, have you ever thought that if we get to a point where the enemy comes for the believers and instead of shooting back with all our guns and ammunition, can you continue to preach the gospel under pressure to your enemy? Does it sound crazy? Dietrich Bonhoeffer did it. This was a man that was actually in a concentration camp in Germany. And the prisoners actually witnessed the guards taking him from prison cell to prison cell to preach the gospel. So many times in the Bible, you hear that the Romans became saved. You're telling me that Nazi Germany soldiers couldn't be saved either? You think they all wanted to be there and do what they were doing? No, they did it because if they didn't, they would be killed. But Dietrich Bonhoeffer preached the truth and had no fear. And if you read the story about Dietrich, the day he went to the gallows to be hung, within a week, the Americans took over. Imagine being those prisoners where you heard the preaching of Jesus Christ by a man that got hung a week ago, or days ago, and then all of a sudden, here comes the Americans. 
I want you to take take this time and just kind of change your mindset. Have a peace settle within you. And all the, the worldly things, block them out. It's so hard to do, but whether it's early, early in the morning or late at night, find some time to meditate with the Lord. It's just a moment. I promise you that life will be waiting for you with all its stress and obstacles right after you're done listening to this. I spoke a few weeks ago about the wheats and tares. These are two pictures of believers. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 13. This will be our first text for this small study. And we're going to, so Matthew chapter 13, and we're going to start at verse 24 and read the verse 30. And there we read, Another parable put forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while the men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto them, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in the field? From where did the tares come from? And he said unto them, An enemy has done this. The servant said unto him, Wilt thou then go and gather them up? Basically saying, Restore the kingdom of heaven. But he said, No. Lest ye gather up the tares, you'll root up the wheat with them also. Let them both grow together until the day of harvest. And then I will say to the reapers, Gather them together, first the tares, bind them in bundles, and then burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. So the wheat, which are the true believers, and the tares, which are those who call themselves believers, but have accepted the worldly view of God, all forgiving, all the time, no matter what you do, and that you continue to sin without repentance or remission, instead of bringing God with a balance of grace and judgment into the world, they are allowing the world to bring all the pleasures into the church and accepting everything. One definition, definition of tares is found in Strong's number 2215, and it reads, A tear is a pseudo-believer, a fruitless person living without faith from God, and therefore is all show and no go. Are we so removed from the old days of old, old pastors that said it like it was, let you hear it how you needed to hear it, preach the way that that we need to hear the way that it needed to be preached, whether we liked it or not. The days of Billy Graham, if he was to probably go show up in majority of the church today and preach today as we lift him up, saying he, what a wonderful pastor he was, they would probably run out of the building. Look up a, a sermon by Billy Graham, and you'll get my point. Have we lost the trust that God draws his elect to the churches? In John 6.44, we read, No man comes to me except the Father which has sent me draws him, and I will raise him up in the last day. What has happened to the majority of the churches across the world? Here's one of the most important questions that I will probably ever ask you. Was the church the key to keeping peace on earth? God establishing the church 
to keep the peace by having a structure and a discipline to hold each other accountable, to lift each other up, to be there for each other. Has that all gone away? Turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, and we'll read until verse 4. 2 Timothy 1, I'm sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 4, starting at verse 1 and ending at verse 4. And we read, Charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust they shall heap to themselves teachers having itchy ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall turn unto fables. Has sin so abound that it has flooded our churches? And then into the streets, across our towns, our states, our country, and the world. A spiritual flood that has overtaken everyone at this point. And now we are actually seeing a result of years of arguing about theology and who should be at the pulpit. And what this means and what that means and how to interpret this or interpret that and what kind of context this is. The Bible should be its own interpretator. We go to the Bible for truth and understanding and pray to the Lord for discernment. The Holy Spirit is there to reside in us, to keep us on track, to help us understand. If you have the Spirit within you and you ignore it, God calls us to repent and to turn back to Him. Turn to 2 Peter chapter 3. Verse 3 and 4. 2 Peter 3, verse 3 and 4. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lust and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. So who are the scoffers? They aren't the world. Keep in mind the world, they already reject Jesus. They reject God. That's why they're in the world. So who's the scoffers? Do you have any guesses? They're the leaders of the churches which have abandoned the commandments of God. Turn to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew 7, verse 15 and 16. Beware the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Here are the two examples of the types of fruit that we can look for when we're trying to understand whether or not it is of God or it is of a false teaching. So look at look with me to Hosea chapter 10 verse 13. Hosea 10 verse 13 and we read Wickedness you have plowed, you have eaten, you have reaped iniquity which is sin. Iniquity is sin. You've trusted because of lies of fruit. Because you have trusted in your own way, in your numerous warriors, 
Therefore, a tumult will rise amongst your people, and all your fortresses will be destroyed. Keep this in mind. When we see something like this, when it talks about you've trusted in the lies of fruit, and there are numerous warriors, this is a good picture of individuals that have trained up other individuals in the wrong way. And because of that, God is going to hold them accountable. Keep this in mind that God has never destroyed anyone in the Bible without warning. He's warned every single time. We call him, sometimes there's individuals that call him a big bad meanie. But he doesn't destroy until he warns. It is sin that is the issue. Everyone's afraid to say the word of sin. They're, they're afraid to say the word repentance. But at some point in time, we have to call it what it is. It's sin. And we are sinners. Now turn to Isaiah chapter 3, verse 10. Isaiah chapter 3, verse 10. Now here's another fruit. And we read, That to the righteous say the fruit for it shall be well with them. To, so it's to the righteous. So the righteous is a picture of the elect. See, remember, as true believers, we are to repent. And if we are doing something outside of the law, repenting is, is a picture of when the burnt offering... Or prayer is a picture of burnt offerings from the Old Testament. When we go up, the aroma would please God. Repenting is changing our behavior, which is pleasing to God. And almost is the same as a burnt offering. Because we are actually humbly waiting for God's instruction. Because we know we did something wrong. It's a perfect picture of a believer going to the Father for direction and for help. And God says, and the Bible teaches us in Psalms chapter 55, verse 22. Psalms 55, verse 22. Cast all your burdens upon the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. So what now? This is my challenge to you. If you don't have one by now, get a Bible. You can add one on your phone, but I, I promise you, the enemy will use that against you. And you'll get that text message from the person you've been waiting to hear from. Or some big news will pop up and you'll get sidetracked. Get a Bible. Buy one or email me. And I'll mail you a free one. Then seek after someone that loves the Lord. If you're trying to do this on your own, you're going against an invisible enemy that hates you. Find anyone that you know and you know who they are. It might even be someone you don't really want to be around. But if you know that they know the word and can help you stay on track, you may get more out of that one person than you believe. Swallow your pride. This world is temporary and tomorrow is never promised. How much more time will we waste chasing after temporary earthly things? 
How many people do you know that have died with lots of things and lots of money in their bank account? And then you see families coming like ravaging wolves, fighting over all this stuff. This world is temporary and has an expiration date. Cry out to God for salvation. Seek after the Lord today. And I promise it will be healthy for you and your family. The Lord is the one that sustains us, not the world. The world will disappoint you. Family, friends, they will disappoint you. We love our family, we love our friends. But we all struggle with sin. Coming together as one people, looking past the, the person, past the sin, and looking to God for direction, asking Him to allow us to be the hands and feet so we can go out and witness, because witnessing and then seeing somebody come to the Lord, there is no better reward. Because you have literally seen somebody pass from death into life. So do we go through this world with our masks on and watching the riots on TV hitting that spiritual snooze button? Or do we do something about it? God commands us to go out into all four corners of the earth preaching the gospel until the end. And he says he'll be with us. So many pictures in the Bible and so many pictures of people that were believers that have lived in this life and lived for the King. You too could be used by Him. You could be that light for your family that is suffering, looking for something during a time where nobody has the answers and nobody may find the answers. So I pray for you. I pray for your family. And I pray you stay in the Word. Father, Lord, I'm so thankful that you can give me the energy to be able to work, to take care of my family, and to spend some time with my friends. Father, you are the one in charge of everything that happens in this world. Your hand is the one that controls this planet. If we think for a moment that man is this good to control all these things, then our focus is not on you. We have sinned against you. I ask for forgiveness. I pray for direction. And I pray for you to raise up a righteous generation that we will turn back to you and that you will restore your kingdom. Father, if you bring the end today, I pray that we are ready. If you're going to restore this and remove the wicked and restore the righteous, I pray, Father God, that somehow, some way, we can lead people to you. Please be with us, be with our families, be with our friends. 
And please keep a desire in our hearts to seek after you. Help us not to focus on the world. Help us to focus on you. We love you and we thank you. And it's in our Lord's name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Tomorrow, read your Bible. Pray and ask God for guidance. He is real. As real as I'm talking to you today. God bless you.